as well. <laughs> so do these. Hey, good morning. How we doing, church? Everyone good? Let's stand together. Good morning to those that are joining us online. Let's praise God as our deliverer. A God that delivers in all situations is faithful to us. Let's worship.
You have torn apart the sea. You have led me through the deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's put our hands together. It's celebration for all he's done. We're going to sing one more time because you stepped in, God. You stepped in and you rescued, you delivered. You'll do it again. We're confident of this. We sing it out. You stepped in. You stepped into my Egypt. You took me violent. You marched me out of freedom into the promised land. Now I will not forget you, God. I'll sing of all you've done. But I will 
chapter 8 and verse 4 it says this what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him it's it's an incredible thing to look out at nature and to see the power of god and the stars and the moon and the sun and all of these things that he created and that he made and then to think about that god who is high and great and mighty and awesome would be mindful of us, that he would think of us, that he would have thoughts of us. But it's, it doesn't just say he thinks of us. Like it's sometime it just passes through his mind and he's like, oh yeah, I remember Jake. But that he actually cares for us, that he cares for us. And that he looks down this morning and he sees your intricate life and your unique circumstance and he cares for you. And that in Christ, if you were in Christ, he didn't just care for you, he chose you and he adopted you. And he actually foreordained that and predestined that and planned that, that you would be adopted into his family. And that's the promise this morning in the cross, in Jesus, that he would do that for you. So he wasn't just mindful of you and had a passing thought but that he actually cares for you, that he counted every hair on your head, that he knows the number. And this morning, that's true, that God is looking down. It's not a past event that he like cared for me or a future event, he will care for me, but that he looks down right now and he cares for you. He's mindful of you. The highest God of all creation is mindful of you. And we're gonna worship him out of that this morning.
identity in Christ this morning, chosen and not forsaken. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. praised you so powerful so high and awesome and your power is beyond anything that we can comprehend God when I look when I open my eyes and I see your creation Lord the power that I see there there's nothing like that there's nothing like that and it's beyond my mind and yet for you to look down and to see us and to care for us and in Christ to choose me and to adopt me and to give me that foundation of an identity, Lord, where I can rest in what you say about me. I praise you for that, God. I worship you for that. And God, I praise you that you set me free, that you set me free from the lies of Satan and the lies of death, Lord, that you've set me free into a kingdom where you've placed a ring and a robe, where you've brought me in and said, you're a son and you're, you're not apart anymore. You're in the kingdom with me and you get all the privileges of the son. Lord, I praise you for that and the truth of that. Lord, I thank you for your love. So God, we worship you. We surrender to you and submit to you this morning. Whatever you wanna speak, God, we wanna receive. Whatever you wanna say, Lord, give us ears to hear and a soft heart. Because we need you, God, we need your voice. Speak truth over our lives. Drown out all the other voices that we hear, Lord all the other powers that are over us, Lord, we wanna hear your truth and your voice this morning. Prepare our hearts for that and have your way in us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you can be seated. Hey, so if today this is your first time, we wanna connect with you and uh, there's gonna be a number up on the screen. We want you to take out your phone even right now and, and text the word welcome to that number. And sometime, probably this week, one of our staff or one of our volunteers will reach out to you. We just wanna start a relationship with you. And so uh, if you'll do that, just pull that out, text that number and someone will be in contact with you uh, so that we can start to get to know you a little bit better uh, over, over the coming weeks. Uh, another thing that you can do is if you wanna be on our text list, okay? So we have a text list that we, we send a text out every once 
once in a while if something changes with service or uh, obviously the uncertain times we're in, occasionally we need to get a hold of the whole church. And so that same number that's up on the screen, you can text UPDATE to that number and you can get on our text list. And we're not going to text you all the time, I promise you that. Uh, and we'll text you only for the most important things. And so uh, it's a very rare thing, but it is important to be on that. So if you want to be on that list and you're not, pull out your phone text update to that. Now, we have a lot of really great things coming up here uh, as we enter into the winter season. Uh, the first thing that we have is our daddy-daughter dino night. So how many dads we got out there? We got some dads out there? All right. The dads are real quiet. They don't want to woo-woo. Uh, but uh, we're going to do a daddy-daughter dino night where it's a drive through event where you're going to come through out front here, and there's going to be a team waiting for you, and they're going to get you gift bag. Uh, and they're going to send you off, launch you off to whatever you have planned with your daughter that evening. But this gift bag is going to supplement that night, okay? It's going to give you some ideas, uh, and there's going to be some dino fun in there. So it's dinosaur-themed. You're going to want to make plans for that. It's coming up, uh, I believe, this Friday, November 20th. So if you want to be a part of that, go out to uh, the Welcome Center right out there. The Next Step Station, actually, I think is what we're calling it. Uh, and uh, you can sign up right out there. It's by the orange wall in the lobby. Uh, another thing that's coming up, which is uh, a new announcement today, is the Doe Holy Night Kids Drive-Up event. And this is a really cool event where you're going to come again through the church, driving through. There's going to be a team waiting to meet you. And uh, what they're going to do is they're going to give you something that's doughy and some other goodies that you can take back to your house and you can have a fun night with your family uh, making what's in that, uh, that grab bag. So uh, plan to be there for that. It is coming up on December 11th. If you want to sign up for that, you can sign up on our website or out there uh, at the Next Steps table as well. Uh, as you head out uh, from service. Uh, another thing that's going on, if you head out in the lobby, you're going to see a Christmas tree. I promise you, uh, I, well, I should say this, my wife and I and the kids, we put up our Christmas tree this week. So you can boo and jeer me. I think one year we did it on Halloween. So we're those kind of people. If you want to judge me, that's who we are. All right. <laughs> And, uh, and so we have a Christmas tree out there. Uh, and what this is, is it's a ministry uh, that we do joining in with APS, which is Akron Pregnancy Services, and uh, the Fish in Wadsworth. And uh, what they do is they, they, they care for families in need during the Christmas season. And so in years past, we've had uh, tags out there that you can pick up and you can take uh, uh, with you and then buy goods and bring them back. And then they get them out to the families in need. Well, this year, just like everything else, that's a little bit different. And so what we're going to do is, is we're going to have you take those tags and you buy a gift card and you bring it back in here by November 27th, 29th. By November 29th, uh, bring it back and turn that in. And uh, what, what they'll do is they'll take that gift card and get it out to those that are in need to care for them this season. It's an amazing ministry. You're gonna wanna be a part of it. I think I said it last week. I think there's still some out there, but those do go really quick. So if you wanna be a part of that, and I hope you will, grab that on your way out today, okay? Uh, last thing that we would just wanna talk about is, uh, no, that's it. All right. That's it. Hey, welcome Pastor Scott this morning. He's going to get us uh, introduced into our next segment here. Let's give him a round of applause because he is so cool. <laughs> Did you just say that? He is so cool. Yeah. Uh, hey, good morning, guys. Uh, what a great day, right? Uh, this is a day uh, God has made for you. Think about that. Um, this morning, we have uh, a gift, um, uh, just a privilege here. Uh, I've got to be careful how I choose my words here, um, because now we're, we're live uh, globally, um, as it were. So a lot of stuff that we would do before where we didn't have video, and they could see the screen and everything, and we could be more, uh, let's just say, free with full names and countries. We can't anymore. So. Um, so we have uh, Wes here, um, who has been working, international worker with um, our denomination, and our denomination is, is passionate about reaching this world. And uh, we're part of the Christian Missionary Alliance. And um, we have Wes, if you wanna come on up, Wes. Wes and his wife have been over in Africa. It's a big continent, and that's all we're gonna say. <laughs> so, um, been over in Africa ministering for quite a few decades, um, and uh, they are, uh, if you guys remember, they were here uh, a few months ago as well, sharing stories, and we've asked them to come back and just to talk to us about what God is doing over there. So if you're online, uh, we're glad you're jumping in on this thing, and uh, just encourage you to open your hearts to what God is, is saying through West to us today. And, and if you haven't jumped in and partnered 
with our church and, and helping reach this world. I would encourage you to do that. There's a place online where you could give towards the uh, Great Commission. Uh, you'll see that there um, on our website. And that helps put people, international workers, in different contexts around this world, especially in countries that are closed, gets them into those places. So, um, Wes, I'm really glad you're here. Uh, everybody say hi to Wes. Hi, Wes. Hi. It's all yours. Bonjour. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, what else can I say? But uh, thank you for inviting me to uh, join you uh, this Sunday uh, in, uh, toward the end of November, toward the uh, holiday we call Thanksgiving. But um, my wife was going to be here, but uh, she was not able to make it. But this is, I believe, the third time we've been with you. The last time we were outside, so I'm glad we're inside today where we can... Uh, talk to you about what God's doing in the uh, area of Africa where we are serving. I'll just say it's the large part called the Sahel, called the Sahel part of Africa. The uh, theme for our denomination this year is uh, the unfinished task, and it surely is a task that is unfinished. I remember reading the story of uh, the father of modern missions, his name uh, was uh, William Carey. And uh, William Carey felt burdened as a young man to go where the gospel had never yet been preached. And uh, he stood up in a meeting with other pastors, uh, some very distinguished, august pastors there, and, and uh, told him his vision, told him that uh, the Lord was speaking to, to him about going to other parts of the world where the gospel had yet to be preached. And uh, one of the distinguished uh, august pastors stood up and said, Young man, sit down. God will save the heathen when he wants to, without your help. So uh, he sat down, but he went back to his Bible, and he read that verse again, where Jesus said, All authority and, all authority and power has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I command you, and lo, I am with you until the end of the age. So that applies to us today, as it applied to William Carey, and of course he went on to be uh, the great pioneer missionary in the country of India. But uh, that's our command that God gave us. That's the command that the Lord Jesus gave us, Matthew 28, uh, 18. And then we read where Jesus said that... Uh, in this gospel of the kingdom will be, will be proclaimed uh, as a testimony to all nations, and then the end shall come. And then the end shall come. Many of you may know that uh, that was the key verse that spurred the founder of our denomination to become a missionary denomination, a missionary movement. Uh, when the gospel has been preached to all the world, then the end shall come. So let's just remember that. And so we want to see this task finished. We want to keep engaging in the unfinished task that is before us. The um, statistics tell us that there are some 7 billion people in the world, and of them, 3.25 billion have yet to hear the gospel. There are some 7,000 people groups, that is, People groups are those made up of people that share the same uh, culture, language, customs, sort of we might call them ethnic groups. And of the 7,000, only there's 1,700 that have yet to hear the good news of Jesus. In other words, where there is no access to the gospel. Well, the Lord led Corey and I uh, to uh, this country in the Sahel some uh, eight, nine years ago. And we've been there for six years. Before that, we were in another country uh, south of uh, where we just uh, served and are serving. And uh, we were praying that uh, the Lord would open doors for us to minister in this predominantly Muslim country. Predominantly Muslim country. Some 95% uh, who adhere uh, to the Islamic faith. And I read the words of Jesus uh, in Revelation chapter 3, where he said uh, the words of the Holy One, the True One, 
who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. And then I thought of what Paul said uh, in Corinthians where he talked about the great door of ministry had opened to him. He says, For a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. A wide door of effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. So this morning, I would just like to share some of the open doors that God has opened uh, for us, not just my wife and I, but for the, uh, your, your workers that you've sent out, and we thank you for sending us uh, to uh, West Africa and to the Sahel. When we arrived in uh, our country, uh, we were really trying to figure out how we were going to reach the people of this country. Because where we served before, there was a strong national church. And where you have a strong national church, uh, your work's really just sort of laid out for you. Uh, you have pastors, you have lay pastors that need trained, you have pastors that need trained, uh, you have schools to teach in, you have evangelisms to do with pastors. Well, where we were beginning our work some uh, six, seven years ago, there were no pastors to work with. We were on our own. We were turning over, as it were, a, a new page of ministry. So we began to pray, and the Lord put on our hearts uh, to reach a sector that was unreached and remains unreached in this country, and really, for the most part, in the Sahel, and that uh, was the... Uh, a group of people uh, who we consider to be professionals or leaders in the country. And I remember walking by the ocean one morning uh, where we lived and praying that the Lord would open a door into universities uh, or even beyond that uh, into the lives of uh, those who directed the schools and uh, taught in the schools. Well, that afternoon... Uh, there's a knock on my door, and a friend uh, was there, and he said, well, I would like you to meet uh, one of my brothers or cousins. Uh, could you come down and meet him? So I went down to meet this gentleman, and uh, he was uh, very gracious, invited me into his house and sat down there. And uh, he said, I would like you to help me train leaders in my country because we really need leaders that are honest and that uh, are not corrupt, but uh, have values and uh, are men and women of integrity. Would you help me uh, train leaders? Well, that morning I just uh, prayed that the Lord would open the door. And so that began a relationship with this gentleman, and uh, he may be watching this sometime, but I don't think he would care at all that I talk about him and about how the Lord opened the door, and he would agree. Uh, to what I'm saying. So I began a friendship with this gentleman, and uh, we became, became friends with he and his wife, and literally um, the Lord opened that door into this new private university in this country, in this city, and I was able to teach courses on leadership, teach courses on ethics, uh, right up till the time that we left, just a few years back. But what was neat was uh, how... Uh, God opened his door into his room, bureau, as being the president of this university. Well, it wasn't just there. It was another school that opened up during this time, a university that trained social workers, those that work with delinquent kids and uh, those who train uh, the school, the, the school trained um, wardens in prisons and, and those kind of workers. And uh, I got to know the director uh, one of the first gentlemen I met in, in this country, and uh, he invited me into his office, and uh, I knew a man uh, from Fort Wayne, Indiana, who had a course uh, called uh, Cognitive Renewal. And so I mentioned this to the director of this school, that uh, my friend in Fort Wayne uh, trained staff and, and, and workers that would work in prisons and state institutions and schools, and would he like to invite him to come and teach in his school? He said, sure. So that began a relationship with him. And so my friend came over three times and trained uh, their staff, their teachers, some with doctorates and uh, uh, those who are very well educated uh, in this city, 
and in the country. And it was really interesting because at the end of his teaching, a gentleman stood up, uh, a Muslim, and said, where do you get your wisdom? And it was a program that was covertly biblical from Romans 12, 1 and 2, the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your mind, and uh, how you can correct thinking errors, and it was biblically based. So that began a relationship with that gentleman. A new director came in, uh, took his place, and uh, I became a friend with him, able to share the gospel, able to give Bibles to these men, and invited my friend back, invited others back, and uh, able to impact and influence uh, these leaders uh, who taught their students who were going for masters and be uh, uh, social workers, not just in this country that we serve, but throughout uh, the Sahel in West Africa. And then during the time, the Lord opened up the uh, door to open a center. And so we opened a center up, and uh, uh, we called it uh, a certain name. And uh, just amazing, the doors got open uh, there. Uh, we would hold forums uh, where we would have a doctor of philosophy, a doctor of sociology, directors of schools, those who worked in the bank, those who were in government, and uh, able to bring them together on a Saturday morning and have discussion times and able to bring Christian, uh, maybe Muslim background believers, one was, and others, to be able to come and rub shoulders with these gentlemen and women and have an impact and influence in their lives. Um, I remember uh, two of those men. Uh, one was a doctor of sociology who came and presented a paper on the uh, sociologist Tocqueville who came over in the eight, 19th century, 1800s, and explored democracy in America. Why was America successful? And uh, if you know a little bit about Tocqueville, you know that it was because of a religious base, a biblical base, uh, that democracy was able to flourish. And so he was taken up with that, and, and uh, so that really opened up a door into his life, going out for coffee and able to share the gospel with this man. Unfortunately, he passed away. Another individual, another doctor of philosophy, uh, became friends with him, and uh, he would talk about uh, why the country was so enslaved to the occult. That's all I'll say, to the occult, to these leaders that really were in the occult that professed to be religious. So that opened a door into his life and, and able to share. I remember sh sharing at the end of his talk and discussion, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will no longer walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And able to tell them about Jesus being the light of the world. So these were doors that are opening up. And then we had businessmen and women coming over and they would come to our center. So God continues to open that door even to this day while I am speaking to you. One area that we began to uh, work in was in the area of uh, uh, social, what would you call it, uh, helping women and girls that were uh, in prison and those that would just get out of prison uh, and to help them uh, reintegrate back into society. And a dear lady, I won't give her name over the air here, uh, seeing that it's live stream, who came to Christ uh, because she picked up a track in the marketplace. She sold fish. And one day she saw a track and picked it up and read the track, went back and met uh, this uh, missionary. And uh, she came to Christ as a young woman, uh, suffered for her faith, but God has put on her heart to open a center for women in crises. And uh, the Alliance Women have even given money to this project. And so this project is still in the process, still in the process of uh, being finished. And we have a piece of land, we have a building that's not complete. And my wife and I, one of the things we would like to do uh, before we officially, you might say, uh, plant our feet here and, and get roots here, more or less, would be to help finish this project uh, with the women in crises and even establish a church where this building is. So that's something you might pray about. The uh, project, and the project's called the Breath of Life. I'll tell you, the Breath of Life, that's what the project is called. 
So that door still remains open. So God has opened doors into the sector of reaching professionals, reaching leaders that continues to this day. But as we look at the work in this country and as we work at, look at the, uh, uh, the immense need, the immense need uh, in the Sahel, uh, I think of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9. Uh, when we read of where we read of Jesus talking to his disciples and uh, he had just gone throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction and when he saw the crowds he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So Jesus, teaching, preaching, healing, casting demons out, looks at the crowd. They were like sheep without a shepherd, helpless and harassed. And Jesus had great compassion on the crowd. Jesus had great compassion on the crowd because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Oh, that God would give us that compassion. There was a great evangelist, missionary to the Muslim world by the name of Samuel Zwemer. And he spoke of having the spirit of the great shepherd the heart of the great shepherd. And that's what I need. And that's what we all need, especially today, when we do see people harassed, right? Helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Be they here in Wadsworth in northeastern Ohio, be they where we live in Columbus now, or be they in Africa or wherever. And may our hearts be full of compassion. And then Jesus tells his disciples, the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Now, if that was true in Jesus' day, it is still true today. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers and workers are few. Where we live, there are less, it's, the percentage of Christians is less than 1% in a country of some 16, 17 million people, just in this one country. And that does not include other countries in the Sahel, that is just south of the Sahara Desert. And you say, well, what are we to do? What are we to do? Well, the first thing is to recognize the need. The harvest is plentiful. As Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 4, lift up your heads, lift up your eyes, and look. Do we look? And when we look at people, how do we see people? Through what lens are we seeing people? May we see people through the lens that Jesus saw people. Today, I believe it's still true. 10% of all Christian workers, missionaries, translators, whatever, work where 90% of the world's population live. 10%. 90% of Christian workers, that would include me, Pastor Scott, pastors here, youth workers, we work where 10% of the world's population is. So you have this huge area where we are in the Sahel called the 1040 window. And it stretches from 10 degrees north of the equator all the way up into North Africa. And it's a swath that goes around the globe, a band that goes around the globe, where you have millions and millions and millions of people who have never heard and who have no access to the gospel. I mean, it's, it is, it's depressing going through village after village, no church, no Bible in their language. People have no witness, no witness of Jesus and his love. Well, you say, that's, you know, what, what am I to do here? I mean, and it's true. Traditional missionaries can't go to those areas. You need to be a professional, what we call a tent maker, to get into these countries, but the reality is, is that they're here. And I have news for you. They're going to be coming even more to this country. 
And so what are we going to do? In Columbus, well, in Ohio, there are over 100,000 sub-Saharan Africans. 100,000. In Columbus, where we live, there are tens of thousands, I just looked at this, of those that come from Africa, let alone those that come from the Middle East in other countries. And I go into Walmart and I see them. The harvest is here. And that does not just include good old Buckeyes <laughs> that need Christ. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. What's the solution? Get a new strategy? Well, here's the strategy of Jesus. Pray. That's the strategy. Pray, ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest. He doesn't say pray for the harvest, though we need to do that. Pray that the Lord would send us out, the church sending out laborers and workers and evangelists and just those that live Jesus in front of people and love Jesus and love people in the name of Jesus. Pray for them that they would be sent out. God sent his son. His son sent his disciples in John, at Matthew chapter 10. And he sent his disciples in John chapter 17. The church sent the disciples out, the, the first apostles, the missionaries in Acts 13. And so we are to be uh, ascending, ascending church. That is our calling. That is our calling. When I think of those who have been sent, I, I think of a, a, a gentleman from North Carolina. I don't know, maybe the hills of North Carolina. And he ended up in a city where we served and uh, working there amongst this group of people that were very resistant to the gospel. Well, the Lord was at work in the heart of a friend of mine. I'll call him, uh, I'll call him Mike. And Mike was a Muslim. And uh, Mike was very concerned and, and very troubled about life after death. You see, because Muslims do believe in judgment. Uh, you got to give them credit. They do believe that there will be a day of judgment. The trouble is, they have no assurance that they will go to heaven. They hope that their good works will outweigh their bad works. So he is very troubled about this. Very troubled about this. And uh, looked in the, his holy book, couldn't find an answer. Talked to others, he couldn't find an answer. One day he was walking down the street, and there uh, was a building, and on the side of the building was written, Je suis le chemin, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but through me. He goes into this reading room in this North Carolina individual missionary led Michael to Christ, and today Michael and his wife are an outstanding witness of the gospel to their people. Then I think of another gentleman from Canada, came over and settled in a city very, very, very difficult uh, to be uh, a missionary in this city, in this area. Very, very, very few believers. Very resistant. And uh, he was there. And one day he met a, a, a fellow coming up from the capital. And this fellow, I'll call him Andy. Andy was on his way to another country to join a jihad. Because, again, he wanted to go to paradise. And he thought that would be a sure way to get him to heaven. Well, he met this Canadian missionary. And this Canadian missionary, he dressed like they dressed. He talked their language like they talked. He had a Bible in their language. He began to share Jesus with this gentleman. One night, this gentleman, Andy, I'll call him, had a dream. And in the dream, he was so troubled, so disturbed within his, within his heart as to what was true. And he said, show me what's true, God, if you're there. And a, a voice told him, the, the scriptures are true. Jesus is true. Put your faith in Christ. And Andy put his faith in Christ. And today, Andy wants to go back to his area of this country and be a witness for Christ. And then I think of one more illustration. I'll close. Uh, a, a medical doctor grew up in uh, the northern part of of uh, a country in West Africa and uh, wanted to study the Koran, made his way to another country in North Africa to go to a school that studied the Koran. Uh, he was deeply troubled by what he read. He closed the Koran, left his religion, and uh, became a Rastafa, you know, and started listening to Bob Marley and Michael Jackson and read the radical uh, Islamic writers and uh, of black America especially and uh, 
he now was into the religion that Africa was the cradle of all religions was in Africa. Proud to be an African. One day he was in England on vacation from studying at this university and he met a British woman who loved Jesus and began witnessing to him. And he said, no, no, I don't need to hear about your Jesus. I don't need you Brits and Americans coming over and telling us how to live our lives and forcing your religion upon us. And she said, that's fine. Will you come to a uh, potluck? And so he came to a potluck that evening uh, for international students. And as he walked out, she said, I'm going to pray for you until you come to Christ. Goes back to his country in North Africa, continues his studies. And there he meets a fellow from another country in East Africa uh, who was a believer in Jesus and invites him to watch uh, the Jesus video, watches the Jesus video. And for the first time in his life, he, he, he sees Jesus and, and healing and casting out demons and teaching, and then he sees Jesus dying on the cross, and he realized that God so loved him that he sent his only son. Gives the video back, troubled for the next two or three weeks in medical school, finally asks for the video back, watches it. This time he comes to Christ and receives Christ and believes in, on Christ and becomes a new creature in Christ. He's discipled by a Canadian missionary who was there teaching mathematics. And uh, he had a heart for his people, so he, he returns back to Senegal, or back to this country. And he, he wants to reach his people for Christ. His people, his ethnic group, the largest unreached ethnic group in Africa. And so he builds a clinic. And he goes into villages, and he has his doctor satchel full of his instruments for medical practice, his medical practice in the Bible. And he preaches, and he treats the wounds and the needs of the people, the physical needs they have. One day we were together at a uh, college of prayer uh, gathering, and we were going to wash each other's feet, showing that we want to serve each other and so I was asked to wash the feet of a missionary that was sent from a Central American country. And this individual, with his wife and kids, were living in the village of my doctor friend. Okay? They were there as witnesses for Christ in the region that he grew up. One of the most difficult, hard, hot areas of all of West Africa to live in. And uh, so as I made my way to wash his feet, I saw out of the corner of my eye my friend get up, run over, gently brush me aside. Maybe it wasn't so gently. And he began to literally weep and wash the feet of this young man who left his family to be a witness for Jesus in his hometown. And he just wept. And you could not help but think of what Paul said, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet. I was going to dry his feet. He wouldn't let me. He took his shirt out of his, his shirt tail and began drying this man's feet. Yes, we will be able to finish this task and engage in this task as we take the words of Jesus seriously that we would pray, ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers, workers, into the harvest field because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. May God help us. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you uh, for your word. And uh, thank you that you still are at work in many people's lives around the world. And I pray that you would raise up those that would go forth from this church to be your ambassadors, your witnesses, uh, testifying and telling others of your love for them. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Wes. Um, wow. This past week, I was um, with a, a group of pastors, a bunch of pastors in a room, and um, we were talking about, um, you know, Jesus 
multiplication, all that kind of stuff. What does that look like? And at 10.02, I don't know, half the room, their phones started beeping and chiming and vibrating. And, and it was like half of us are like, did we miss something? Like, you know, did, did something just happen in America? Because everybody's phone was going off at the same time. And none of these guys are like, I mean, they all know each other, but not like that. It was just really weird. And they go, it's 10.02. I'm like, we're all like, it sure is 10.02 in the morning. And he said, no, it's Luke 10.02. And they all have it on their calendar to pray at 10.02 every day, just a quick prayer. Pray for the Lord, or pray to the Lord to send workers into the harvest. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I don't do that at 10.02 every morning. So here's a thought. Maybe out of this day, it's just 10.02. And it's just simply saying, in that moment, it's not 20 minutes, but it's just in that moment, oh, Lord, would you send workers into the harvest? That's a simple way to act on what uh, Wes is talking about. Maybe parents... Uh, it's, you know, we pray send workers into harvest, and maybe it's saying, Lord, if you want my child, send my child. Because often it's the environment we create at home and the vision that we paint at home that our, ki our kids catch it. And uh, they talk about that being part of this formation that gets people into the field. I don't know if you're willing to pray that for your child. We can pray that. We can pray that as a church to send people and call people out of our church. We have a couple, even right now, that is preparing for the field uh, to go. I think there's a couple of them, actually two different couples. Um, the final way you can get involved is to give. And it's uh, quick. This life is really quick. Really quick. Eternity is really long, so they tell me. And there's a reward. There's a reward that comes. When we look at the money and the resources God has given us and we go, yeah, this, this just can't all be for me. God didn't give this all just to spend on myself. I just want to encourage you, uh, look at your resources, look at what you have, and, and maybe God is impressing that upon you. He's the one that can call you to do that. He's the one that gives us all things. Wes, thanks for coming. Thanks, thanks for serving um, on behalf of our church. Tell your wife again. Um, He prayed the prayer, so I think that sealed it. I don't need to pray anything. God bless you all. As you're going, if, if you're newer to our church, we have options online where you can, if you're wanting to give uh, as part of your sacrifice or worship, you can check that out on our website. If you want to give here in person, we have boxes there in the back. And uh, as we go, we're still uh, dismissing people from the back to the front. So uh, as you let the ushers do that, Sean just gave me a big cheer. So uh, God bless you all, and uh, we'll see you next week.